first, I have to change my mindset, right? Like being in this path, the path that I've chosen is, I know that it's not going to be easy. So I had to like change my mindset into accepting that we are always on a constant chain. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. All right, so we've been talking about landing a remote job for a while now, but the one thing you're probably most curious about is how to learn the online skills you need to land these jobs. I'm not just talking about getting a brief introduction, but learning from actual accredited schools so you can be taken seriously when you apply for these jobs. You've been waiting for a while and I'm really sorry about that, but I have finally created a whole page listing the best courses to take from teaching English online to becoming a freelance writer and so much more, all from trusted sources that will get you that remote job. So if you're ready and serious to take the next step, then visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started. Again, you can visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started. In this episode, I'm really excited to speak with Kat, who is a Taiwanese-Canadian travel writer, photographer, and YouTuber from Canada. She's the mastermind behind For Two Please, an English Mandarin bilingual couples travel blog with her husband, Kev. So listen on to find out how Kat creates engaging stories and videos to show young couples how to eat like a local and travel like a pro. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am really excited to speak with my guest today. I'm here with Kat. Hey Kat, how are you? Hi Debbie, I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Can you tell us more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Sure. Hi everyone, my name is Kat. I'm a Taiwanese-Canadian travel writer, photographer, and a YouTuber currently living in Edmonton, Canada. But as an off-beater, I am always on the go. So I'm really a mastermind behind For Two Please, uh, which is an English Mandarin bilingual couples travel blog with my husband, Kevin. Together, we create um, playful, engaging stories and videos really to inspire young couples to go out to eat like a local and travel like a pro. That is awesome. And I love that you are all about food because so am I. I don't know about cooking it, but I just love to stuff my face with all types of food. So I can definitely <laughs> go behind what you're doing, Kat. So how did you and your husband decide to do this, right? Were you always a foodie? Was this always what you did or did you have a regular nine to five before you became a foodie traveler um, that you are now? Well, I have always been a foodie and a traveler since I was little. So I was a Taiwanese, but I really grew up in Malaysia. And then throughout my travel, I've been moving to places from like Vancouver to New York City and then back to Taipei, Taiwan. So, but what really inspired me to uh, start my travel platform and living a remote life is I 
always joke that it's actually inspired by our love story with my husband. <laughs> so, <laughs> in 2013, my husband then boyfriend、uh, wanted to end our two-year long-term relationship. So we were like、uh, having a relationship 15 hours apart. Of the world in the world,、wow. he was living in Canada. I was living in Taiwan. So eventually, this relationship need to become more in person. So he was like, "Okay,、uh, we need to decide who should relocate."、Um, and at that time, my husband was training in Canada, and his job was really more location dependent. Whereas I was, I've been working in a consulting company for two years, and I was looking for a change of scenery. So I said, "Okay, I'll do it." I so I packed my bag, quit my job, and bought a one-way ticket to Canada. And I know some people say, "Like, wow, that is really a big move," but Canada wasn't really that foreign to me because I used to live in Vancouver for four years. But Calgary, Alberta's was very new to me. Have you been to Calgary, Alberta before, Debbie? No, but I've seen so many photos of it. There seems to be really beautiful spots there to like hike and stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, most people know Calgary because of Banff, right? But it was a really cowboy city, and winter is super cold. And <laughs> The city itself was ve- was very heavily invested in oil and gas at that time, so it was a complete culture shock for me.、Um, and with my background and career goals, job searching was not easy when I first moved there. I was trained in social organizational psychology and was really interested in continuing my career in the field of strategic HR and organizational development. But the job market in Calgary was very much taken up by engineering jobs. So, in the human resources scope of work, they were all very administrative. Like it was just filing,、um, <laughs> hiring, and firing, and that's it. So my husband said, "Why don't you start something yourself? Like work on something you're passionate about." And that inspired me to start my own travel. And food blog for two pleas, and it really started as a passion project. I wasn't really in the mind of, hey, I need to make money out of this. You know, it was initially a way for me to share my life in Canada with my family and friends back home. Then it slowly evolved into this bilingual platform with a focus on food and couples travel. Yeah, and that is such an interesting way of starting it, right? Because you really had no choice at that point. There、yeah. were no jobs where you were that was within your experience and range, and you just created it yourself. And it is so funny how that all played out. And you're right; it did stem from your romance and how. <laughs> <laughs> How that all started. So, what happened after that, Kat? Like, you started your blog. Is there a、mm-hmm. lot of culinary delicacies in Calgary in Alberta that we just <laughs> don't know about? How did you, how did you create your content for that? <laughs> At that time, we were just you know trying out different restaurants in Calgary, and Calgary wasn't really known for food, you know, like, but. 
it's funny because it started the opposite. Like it's not how amazing the food is, but it's how bad the food was there. <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, like, honey, you can't call this ramen. Like, um, <laughs> you need to try the real ramen." So that eventually, you know, we started putting the travel element into it. Like, hey, like, why don't we show people like? What it is like to look for authentic food whenever we travel, and show people like what is the local dishes that you need to try when you visit there, and so on. That is awesome, and yeah, I'm I'm so for that. I'm always, and this is the thing. Like, I just love food so much that whenever I try anything, well, I feel like I'm also spoiled because I live in New York City, so everywhere I go, the food is just really good. And when I do go to a different place and the food is bad, I'm just like disappointed. So yeah, <laughs> I'm like this is not how it is. But yeah, just being spoiled in New York City. So now do you do this blog with your husband and you're both doing this full time together? How did that go about? Because he he was there doing full time work, right? And that's why you ended up being the one to move to to Canada. Mm hmm. It's more of my full time job, but he he has a real job. That's what he <laughs> likes to say. <laughs> This is his side hustle. <laughs> he's he's kind of like your your um what is it like your side piece the the arm yeah. candy that you have in <laughs> in your blog, which is so funny. That is pretty incredible. So now that everything has been happening in the world and it definitely has taken a toll in the travel industry, how have you been able to keep going throughout this whole pandemic? Did you mm -hmm. redo your business? Was there any changes that you had to do because of the whole situation? Yeah, I know that a lot of people in the travel industry was impacted and a lot of people have to pivot. Yeah, and for us, we definitely had to pivot because at the in the very beginning of the pandemic, like nobody is looking for travel content, you know, like there's no tours, there's no trips going on, uh, no sponsor trip going on. So uh, on the side, we started our YouTube channel that is more on the lifestyle side. So being as a Taiwanese living, moving and living in Canada right now, I share my vision for this YouTube channel is to share what life is like in Canada for on a more, more visual format for people to get a sense of Oh, we like autumn is like this, and then there are so many incredible things you can do. It's travel in a sense, right? But you're taking your audience with you through video and through storytelling. But it's just a different format that why regularly post on the blog. Yeah, and I think I've seen a lot of travel bloggers do things more locally on on their blog because of that. And, you know, whether it's written form or video form. And I think it's so interesting to to see how they've been able to discover a lot of things that are in their backyards as well. Because most of the time, someone like you, Kat, you're always traveling all over the world. And then we often miss what's right in front of us. So have you right. been finding that out, like something similar to that experience as well, where you're more, you know, able to see things locally in, in your area as well? 
Definitely. Like there's so many, and also because of the pandemic, I moved to a completely different city. I moved to Edmonton. So it was a chance for me to really explore the food, the festivals that is around here. That is awesome. And yeah, I mean, there's always so much to see and do wherever you are. Now, in terms of your blog, I know you started it as a hobby and now it is your full-time business. How have you been able to grow it where you can actually create income from that and start this remote business that you have now? Right. So in the beginning, we were just doing and writing content that is really dear to our heart, like how a lot of Canadian content, like how do you visit a place? In the beginning, it is more like a travel log for us, just so we can look back. And then some, you know, we did, had no idea of like what SEO is, you know, what social sharing is. So, but then some Places like Banff, a lot of people are searching it. So eventually we got a lot of traffic. And when you are connected with people in the travel industry, they like a lot of people are looking for, hey, how do I make money out of my passion? And so I got to learn that you can base just based on your traffic, you can have passive income through, you know, like uh, ad network, like Media Vine, or I think there's another one called uh, She. The She Network? Yeah, I think it's She Media, something yeah, like that, she right? Media. <laughs> yeah. There's so many out there. Yeah. So it started with that. And then eventually through networking, we had some um, travel tour, uh, tourism boards that interested in bring us in to showcase their destination to our audience. So a part of our income stream also come from um, sponsor trips. I love that. And there's always a lot of different things that you can do, especially when you're in this type of platform, right? And one of them is sponsorship that you were talking about. Are there any other income streams that you have been able to utilize on your blog aside from sponsorships that has helped you make this more sustainable? Yeah, now I'm looking more into like photography and video. So on a trip, I always take so many uh, photos and video footage, sometimes brands like tourism boards or like hotels, they're interested in, you know, expanding their assets. So if you are, you take photo that you think that is incredible, you can contact them and say, hey, I have a, a, a set of 10 images that I took when I visited your property. And then they, and send them a link and see if they're interested in purchasing. Sometimes they might be interested in you know, buying some of that. Yeah. And it's really interesting with that too, is because you're already creating that content. So why not create more income from that? Right. And mm -hmm. it doesn't really take more uh, work for you because most of the time you take those images so you can add them into your blog. And then now you can even sell them to the companies themselves. You can even put it on places like iStock or Alamy, other types of um, websites that you can really sell your images to if you want to do that. So there's so many things that you can do with this and you have been able to do it too, Kat. And I love that. That's so interesting how you kind of just figure out what really works for you, what type of content you want to create, and then add that all together. And now you have this business that you can do remotely. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I love it. So as you were going through this whole process of like really making sure that it can be something that you can do sustainably and it is going to be a business for yourself, what has been the most struggle that you have come across in terms of your business? I think the most struggle maybe is fixed to a lot of people is like there's no map for us to navigate like you know how we go to school for being an engineer for being a doctor there's always a road map for you like you need to do this first do this first and then 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 off you go you're you're going to be successful but like as an entrepreneur or as a blogger who is trying to make a living in this digital world like there's no such thing like there's so many courses out there of course you can look into it for yourself but like you can pour your heart and time into something and it might not even work mm-hmm. right so yeah. like there's a lot of uh looking into things and try try and arrow to find what best works for you and what will work for your business yeah. And so when you come across certain types of strategies that haven't worked, right? And maybe you've been working on it for months and it just hasn't worked because this happens to us often. You know, you try something and it just doesn't work and it seems like it's one failure after the next. How do you go up from that, right? Because right. I feel like as an entrepreneur, it's always like an up and down. Sometimes I feel like I'm bipolar one day. I feel like I'm on the top of the world. And then the next day you're like super low and down. Have I mean, I don't know if that's just me. Maybe you felt that too, Kat. But when you do feel that sort of like failure or maybe things just didn't go the the way you wanted it to, how do you move from that moment? I would say... First, I have to change my mindset, right? Like being in this path, the path that I've chosen, it's, I know that it's not going to be easy. So I had to like change my mindset into accepting that we are always on a constant change, but always have a routine that you can stick out to. Like I always go and work out, you know, every day. So I know that, uh, there is some consistency mm-hmm. constant in my life. And also not being afraid to reach out for help. Sometimes I try things. Maybe I just don't know, like maybe there's an insider knowledge that I don't know about, you know, and you just have to accept that, hey, like there are some people more experienced than I am. And maybe it's just time to ask for help and so that I can focus my time on what I'm really good at and outsource the stuff that I'm not experienced in and I might not like onto some other people. Yeah, that's such a great strategy because it's true and we can't know everything, right? We're not like the all-knowing and all-seeing and so we don't know if we don't know what we don't know and Asking for help, getting a mentor is one of the things that is so important about this because you can, you can learn it, right? But it may take a lot longer. It could take years. But if you're just asking questions or maybe paying for somebody who's been doing this for a really long time and get their insider points to this is 
such a helpful thing and I've done it, you know, and I'm sure you've done it too, Kat, because you mentioned it. Um, but I think it it is something that sometimes I still have to tell people to do and still try to convince them because it's kind of like, well, it's a lot of money, right? Or maybe I'm just not ready yet. But if you think about it, you're kind of, if, if this is going to take you another two or three years, what cost will that really get out of you even more, right, than just working with somebody? So I guess you have to weigh out the cost, whether it's time or money is, is really important in that, in that learning stage of this whole process. <laughs> so now that you have been able to do this and there's success in it, obviously, what are some of the things that you have found that have really worked for you so far to keep growing your business and your blog? For me, it's always to keep in mind that um, anything can happen tomorrow. So whatever assignment that I work on, I always think of it as like, this is my last assignment. What do, I, what do I want people to remember me for? So always do your best. Always over deliver. Yeah, that is um, always remember why you started your business too. Like don't, sometimes people go in, uh, run their business and at the end it's like, oh, this is just feels like my old job again. <laughs> right? <laughs> always remember what brings you to this stage in the first place and what you want to give to other people. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I also have talked about before in terms of starting something. I always feel like there has to be a love for what you do aside from just trying to make money from it because I've started different businesses where it was just all about passion and it didn't work. And then it was just all about the business and making money. It didn't work. And when I was able to combine the two, that's when it really hit the mark because when you are creating something and things are not going the right way and then it becomes boring or, mm -hmm. you know, there's tedious things that you don't like about it, that's where the passion starts coming in. The love of the process starts coming in because at that time, you're probably not making enough income or any income at all, right? Mm -hmm. So there's really no like, yay, good on you. At least I'm earning this much or, you know, I'm getting accolades. And when you're just starting, out it's all about like your love for it your determination and when you don't have that you don't have that passion it kind of just sizzles it it just is done after a while and I think that's why we see a lot of entrepreneurs do this and it doesn't work out because there's either one or the other um, and there's no appreciation for that process as well so it's a shame but it does happen a lot <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So now let's talk about the content that you guys are actually creating. You are doing this blog and it's, you know, you're sharing your love of food, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what has that been like? I mean, I know there's bloggers and then there's food bloggers. Are there any much difference in how you create your content when you're traveling and then also sharing uh, a foodie blogger in that sense? I'm pretty sure it's so fun, though, right? <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Like, But I'm like, 
I would eat so much. <laughs> yeah, that is the job hard. Is it like you eat? You feel like you have to eat, right? Your job is to eat. So, and then for me, growing up from a Taiwanese background, like we always, our family always say, you have to finish, you know, whatever you order. So it's like. You gain weight, <laughs> but I have to control myself. Like I have to sometimes on the trip, I'm like, okay, I'm just we're just gonna order things uh, that we can sample, not yeah. the full portion. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's so funny because I've I've done some press trips with a few travel blogger friends, and some of them uh, work with companies that just give them. Full access to the food and the restaurants that they have, and there was only like a few of us, and I've gone to a few of it with them, and I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you finish this? And they're all really good food, and I'm like, we can't even take it with us because we're going to be traveling, and we can't. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is. I'm horrified sometimes because I'm like, I can't just leave like you, cat. I'm like, that's not how my parents taught me. I have to finish everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do I stuff this all in my mouth and or like put it in a doggy bag and just bring it with me? And I'm like, oh, man, that yeah, that's that's first world problems right there. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> that is so funny. So going back to really figuring out what works for your business, and I know you talked about SEO. Is there any is there any other strategies that you have used to gain an audience for your content that you are doing right now that you continually do that has worked really well for you? For me personally, I feel like being resource resourceful to my audience is a big thing. Like. I know some people might be like blogging. Some people know for their personality, right? Some people on YouTube, but I'm not that kind of person. So for me, it's really showing my audience how to visit places, how to find hidden gems, where it is worth going to, and how uh, passing my knowledge on how to visit a place that really like a local. So. That is one thing, and um, I will say the other thing is just being authentic to your audience. Like, if you visit a place that sucks, don't sugarcoat it, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> when people visit it, they're gonna find out if you're, you know, <laughs> painting it. They're gonna be like, "Cat, you lied. You said this is amazing. It doesn't." And you know, there's certain there's certain foods too that just look so good, but they just taste yeah. so bad. And you know, yeah. it's just there for Instagram, but mm. it doesn't taste good. And I'm always so disappointed, but now not so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely a trend, a bad trend that has been going on in the food, you know, food scene. It's all yeah. about how it. Looks, but not how it tastes. Exactly, because right? I'm like, if it looks this good, it has to be in the same par with the taste. Because then I'm just so much more disappointed when it just tastes so bad. <laughs> That's so funny because there's this um, Netflix show. I forgot the name of the host, but it's like Ugly Delicious. 
See, I right? Because like I would rather see something ugly, taste it, and it just tastes so good than be it so beautiful and it just tastes so gross. Yeah, I would rather have it ugly and taste good. I'm all about taste for sure. <laughs> it's kind of like a pleasant surprise when it's ugly, but then it's just so good. I'm like, I'm yeah. for that. <laughs> That is so funny. So Kat, let's fast forward to about 30 to 40 years from now. And you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave? And what do you want to be remembered for? Oh, that is a hard question. I've never thought that far, you know, since the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) But I want something really simple, you know, like I don't want to be a big celebrity or anything like that. But just being remembered as someone, you know, help others to explore the world through really good food. That is a good legacy. And I will, <laughs> I will push you towards that. Like, we will keep making this happen. Obviously, you're doing it right now, Kat. But I'm like, keep going, Kat. Keep going. I'll be your biggest <laughs> cheerleader. You. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us, Kat. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? They can find me at my blog, For Two Please, uh, or on our new YouTube channel, which is very small right now. (laughs) (laughs) So help us grow. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Is it also the same name for two please on YouTube as well? Uh, Yes. I will send you the link. Soon I'll be able to claim my... That is awesome. Yes, we will share that on the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Kat. We really appreciate you. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Kat. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to plan foodie trips as a couple. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location independent story will unfold.